Thank you, Madam Clerk. Mr. Eckelberger, are you on board? I am. Okay, if we could go back to your screen, please, and pick up where we left off. Absolutely. I'm sorry, President Nuba, I will still have to make my announcement. I apologize. I'm sorry. That's sorry. true. We have started anew. Yes, Madam Clerk, if you would meet, uh, certainly make the necessary electronic meeting notice, followed by the roll call. Yes, ma'am. Um, before we begin this afternoon's meeting, I must state the following for the record. This work session will be held through electronic communication means pursuant to and in compliance with Ordinance Number 2020-093, adopted April 9th of 2020, as most recently amended by Ordinance Number 2020-232, adopted December 14th of 2020. Notice of this work session was provided to the public by means of a public information advisory issued on Friday, April 30th of 2021, as well as through Legistar on the city's website in accordance with our usual practice. There will be no opportunities for public comment and no public hearings during this session. And in order to identify each council member who is present electronically for this session, I will now call the roll. Mr. Addison? Present. Ms. Jordan? Present. Ms. Lambert? Here. Ms. Larson? Sorry, Ms. Larson, I'm sorry, I see that you're present. I'm sorry, one more time, Ms. Larson. Here. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I can unmute for yes, some reason. Thank you. Ms. Lynch? Here. Councilwoman Trammell? Councilwoman Trammell? Mr. Jones? Present. Vice President Robertson? Here. President Newbill? Here. Thank you, Madam President. All members are in attendance with the exception of Councilwoman Trammell. You do have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Mr. Eckelberger, if we can uh, pull up the screen and go back to the uh, section that we uh, concluded on so that we can move forward. Yes, ma'am. Uh, hopefully you can see the screen. We uh, can. We ended up the last session with $8,234,292 worth of amendments uh, approved, and that leaves you a balance of one million one hundred thirty-three thousand eight ninety-eight. If the one decrease amendment that's in this scenario is also approved, so if you're okay with it, I'll switch over to the decreases now. The one we're talking about is a million dollars from the Fleet Internal Service Fund, and the amendment would be for. Um, the, the replacement money would be for, for this million taken out would come from the ARP and the entry on that resolution, which we'll get to under um, uh, text amendments shortly, would just be for green vehicle replacement. The actual reduction of this million would be spread between DPW, um, fire, police, and then you would have to amend the internal service fund ordinance. And hopefully I can share this with you. Um, can you see the can you just yes, zoom in a little bit more for us, please? On on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah if you could enlarge it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what I can do there for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um this this will probably can you see it now? It's about the same size. Uh, yeah, I can see oh, it. Really? Hold on. Let me see what else I can do here. I can do you can custom. View. You can go to view too. How's that? It, it must. Have. It appears to. 
Well, okay. Uh, I mean, it's better than before, but it's still. (laughs) There there are really only three numbers, and I'll just read them out to you. Um, If you look at the amounts that are in the various agencies' budgets for uh, the fleet management internal service fund payments, um, there are only three that have much growth. Um, Some of these are growing by like $292, and that's not going to be anything that would address vehicle replacement, which is the purpose of this amendment. You see another one up here for $1,630. The ones that have real growth are only fire and emergency services, um, $948,904, the police department, and finally public works. And to get the million dollars from those three, you would have to take 59,000 from public works, 417,000 from police, and 523,000 from fire and emergency services. And again, the the thought behind this is that you can use ARP money for these vehicle replacements a little bit later in the fiscal year. And there's still a substantial amount of money left. Um, If you look, uh, fire and emergency services has um, for FY20, excuse me, let me get back over to FY22, 3.8 million. So out of the 3.8 million for them, you'd be taking 500. So you'd still be leaving them with about 3, 3.3 million. And the same is true for the others. But so there would be those three amendments negative for those departments with a notation that the money would come out of ARP. And then okay. the internal service fund ordinance would have to be amended for the million dollars. Thank you, Mr. Eichelberger. If we could go back to that prior screen, I think so folks could see that um, bottom line number, that probably would be helpful. Yeah, sure. It's here. So if okay. if you do that amendment, you've got a million one thirty three eight ninety eight. If you don't approve that amendment, you've got one hundred and thirty three thousand eight ninety eight. Okay. Members, um, questions, discussion. Miss Lynch. Miss Lynch, you're still muted. Sorry, Madam President. Um, I'll yield to the other council members if they have questions, but I but my intent is to support um, to, to support that amendment. Uh, Ms. Jordan, Councilwoman Jordan, and then Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you. Um, so my amendment specifically called out not for emergency or public safety vehicles. And we had trouble getting detail on, you know, what was in the budget specifically. And um, I echo my colleagues who um, in the administration that I think we are all hopeful for more collaborative process next year. But um, so that's the caveat I want to bring to this because it wasn't until today that I didn't get information from um, Mr. Uckelberger that most of the money that we would be looking at to pull from would be from public safety. And I'm just wondering if there's anyone from administration that can talk to exactly which these, which of these vehicles there are. Um, I do. The intent of it is that we've got to green our fleet where there are opportunities. And we know that the Biden administration supports that and we'll be sending funds down for localities to use. So if we can wait for that to happen, um, 
that was the intent of this, but I also don't want to compromise, um, you know, critical services being delivered. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll ask Mr. Saunders to um, queue up, but I'll go to Ms. Lam Councilwoman Lambert next while Mr. Saunders is coming aboard. I don't see his hands Thank on. You. I'm here. Thank you, Madam President. I just wanted to support this amendment. Um, I just wanted to reiterate what my colleagues have said, um, but I feel as though we are in a good place and we can move forward. Thank you. Thank you, um, Councilwoman Lambert. Mr. Saunders? Um, yes, thank you, Madam President. Um, do my best to, to, to capture this, though I don't know that it's necessarily um, such as, you know, we would be able to specifically name these vehicles. But uh, in the uh, 7,029,000 that is proposed uh, for FY22 for fleet, um, you know, as I interpret this amendment, which reduces to 6 million, um, there was 2.4 million programmed for fire apparatus uh, and 3 million for police vehicles in FY22. Um, so if we do see a reduction down to 6,029,000, that would leave us with only 629,000 for the rest of the city's fleet, fleet, fleet vehicle classes, and that includes critical vehicles for solid waste collection, uh, and other heavy duty operations within public works and parks. Um, we do have other, um, you know, fleet purchases that happen through enterprise funds, such as public utilities, but, um, but this fleet line item is where we fund majority of our um, expenditures for both police, fire, as well as other critical services like public works. So th that's um, the detail we can provide at this point um, and uh, happy to answer any additional questions. Uh, thank you, Mr. Saunders. I do see a hand with a circle. Uh, is that Chief Carter? Yes, um, ACO Saunders, if you're okay with me responding, I'll just give a little context uh, for fire apparatus. Yes, Chief, please go ahead. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> uh, Madam President, members of council, just to give you a little background on, on the cost and the life cycle of uh, fire apparatus. So, a typical fire apparatus that you see responding to Fire emergencies in our city cost anywhere between $550,000 to $1.6 million. And currently we have about 40 vehicles in our fleet, frontline and reserve. Uh, however, but about uh, one-fifth of our fleet, or about eight trucks, <clears throat> are at least 22 to 23 years old. Those trucks were purchased in 1997. Um, those trucks are so old that when they are in... Uh, when they are out of service and repair, that there are no longer parts available to repair those trucks. The parts have to be manufactured to uh, fix the repairs on those vehicles. Uh, those 1997s are uh, increasingly failing annual pump and ladder testing. Uh, I will say that uh, our fleet department does an amazing job keeping our apparatus in service. However, particularly those vehicles, they have actually cost more in repairs than they did to purchase the vehicles initially, the purchase price. Also, in 2019, the auditor, the auditor recommended that fire work with fleet services to address our aging fleet and identify actions um, needed 
to to improve the capital improvement program to replace our apparatus that has ever replaced their time at age. Um, the National um, Fire Protection Agency recommends 10 years for our engines, for replacement of 15 for our ladders, and as you can see, a 23-year-old vehicle far exceeds that. So a, a impact of $500,000 on CIP for apparatus would uh, definitely be a critical blow to our fleet endeavors to replace our 20 of our fleet. Thank you, Chief Carter. Thank you. Vice, Vice President Robertson. Yes, uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, my question is in regards to the funding in this line item um, for fleet. Is the revenue there um, to actually pay for the costs of replacing the fleet? or The total cost, or is this the debt service um uh, for the fleet that we are going to be bringing online. Mr. Saunders and or. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask um, perhaps for um, Budget Director Jay Brown to speak to that. Thank you. Good evening, members of City Council. This is Jay Brown, Director of Budget and Strategic Planning. If I may, um, if I understand this amendment, this amendment seeks to reduce the Fleet Internal Service Fund budget, which um, receives a majority of its funding from charging back agencies for its cost. Majority of that funding is supplied by the general fund. Uh, my understanding, working with DPW and Fleet, that the funds in agencies' operating budgets are primarily for vehicle maintenance, monthly standing cost, and fuel for their existing vehicles. The purchase of new vehicles is funded through short-term um, general obligation bonds in our capital budget. So by reducing a million dollars in the Fleet Internal Service Fund, you are, in essence, reducing or, or attempting to reduce a million dollars from the general fund budget. Um, particularly for those agencies that have fleet costs, which was mentioned on these amendments, police, fire, and public works. Those tend to be the agencies that are the largest users of the fleet budget because they tend to have the most number of vehicles. And if there's anyone from DPW or fleet that can hopefully uh, add to what I've stated. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Uh, Mr. Anderson? Ms. Madam Chair? Yes. Council oh, that, is Vice that, President. I'm sorry, is that a continuation of the Yes, answer? I didn't yes, I didn't move from it. I'm assuming Mr. Anderson had something relative to this item. Is that correct, Mr. Anderson? Um actually, Madam Chairman, because I'm working from Samson's office when oh, you see that, that's you. That's, okay. That's me. Okay. Um, I show up as Samson and Samson shows up as Okay. Samson. I just saw uh, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to clarify what we're talking about here because the discussion got off on talking about the capital amendment for fleet, which is going to be taken up tomorrow. That's the $7 million. And that's geo bonds. You cannot move that money to operating, as I've discussed with a number of you over the last few weeks. What we're discussing now is a proposal to reduce um, the internal service fund for fleet management by a million. And there is, if you'll you don't have this in front of you, I'm sure, but on page 6-156 of the budget book, um, there is a line that says there is 
$362 budgeted for vehicle replacement in the internal service fund operating budget. And that's what this million dollars would come from. So I'm a little confused. I want to be sure I'm clear because I'm hearing two. I'm I'm not following. One seems to be to cover the general operational costs of a fleet, um, maintenance, fuel, those kinds of things. But the statement that was just made as relates to replacement of fleet. So I understand that. We would do our replacement uh, through the capital improvement budget, but I'm 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 not sure if I'm hearing clearly that this amendment will address the only not replacement. Uh, if I could just get a clarification to that, and yeah. then my follow up question, uh, Madam Chair, is you know we are making a lot of decisions as it relates to uh, using um, one-time funding for ongoing uh, operational costs. And I know that uh, previously when we talked about using those funds, uh, we, were, we were instructed to be careful that we were only using the um, funds, the AP funds for one-time expenditures and not go ongoing services. So I'm trying to get some clarification on that. Thank if, you. Madam President, if I could try to help. Um, the fleet management internal service fund, fund budget is uh, approximately $20 million for FY22. Of that amount, $1.9 million is designated for vehicle replacement um, on the budget book page that I referenced. Um, so this has no impact on the capital budget. That would be a discussion for tomorrow. Um, this is simply saying out of the amount that the internal service fund bills the various agencies, the only appreciable in increases in that internal service fund are for public works, fire, and police. So if council, if council desired to take a million dollars out of the fleet internal service fund, um, those are the ones you would have to go to to get the money. So I hope that the geo bond issues and the seven million for fleet replacement that was discussed earlier has nothing to do with your um, discussion at the moment. Thank you for that clarification. Uh, any further questions, Ms. Robertson? Uh, did you did that answer your question? More. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ms. Jordan. Thank you. Um, thank you, Madam. Oh, I see Lincoln has raised his hand. Um, hopefully oh, okay. Lincoln, did you have something to, to yes. what's still that, a confusing topic? Thank you. That would be uh, helpful. And then Ms. Jordan and then um, Councilman Addison. So, Mr. Saunders. I actually was going to see, um, I, I know it's late evening, but um, whether DCO Seidel or if Bobby Vincent is on can speak a little bit more to the impacts with fleet and possibly on depreciation. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Bobby Vincent here, Director of Public Works. Um, in terms of the million dollars coming out of the budget, the way that it has now been, um, in terms of the way that it has been um, 
Certainly. I guess, clarify is that we do have an issue with it potentially being a, an issue with our depreciation costs that we have to pay for the vehicles that we currently have, as well as impacting agencies' abilities to be able to um, provide maintenance services for the vehicles that they currently have. So the procurement of new vehicles is one thing, um, and that's where we procure our vehicles out of um, the capital budget. But if we impact the internal service fund, the internal service fund is where fleet is paid by the other agencies to take care of their vehicles um, in the way of gas, in the way of oil changes, in the way of tire replacements, in the way of body repair, et cetera, um, as well as to pay the depreciation costs based upon the fact that the vehicles were purchased from. So um, if this is something that we can um, take a deeper dive into um, overnight, and further discuss tomorrow to give you all um, a, a better answer in terms of how it would negatively impact us. Not being able to buy something new is one thing. Not being able to take care of what you have and not, and still not have adequate funding to buy anything new is a um, is, is, is kind of compounded. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Vincent, for that. Um, yes. yes. Mr. Saunders, are you looking to add comment at this point? I just yeah. wanted to add. I, I think um, Bobby makes a good suggestion um, and just giving us a little bit more time to make sure we give council the full appreciation of the potential impact here um, would would be helpful to uh, to us. Um, I know we've been working to get and I appreciate Councilman Jordan's patience as we, we got some of that feedback back on this, but there were a couple of different amendments as it regards to fleet. So we were wanting to make sure we had the right information for you all. Thank you. Um, let me come back to that, Mr. Saunders. And so I think Councilwoman Jordan and then uh, Councilman Addison, Councilwoman Lynch. Okay, thank you. Yes, and just to restate, the goal of this and sort of where it all began was a question to administration about what in the budget supported the city's goals to get to net zero by 2050. And the reply back was, um, pretty much there was nothing. So one of the largest categories for um, you know, opportunities to reduce a carbon footprint is to look at your transportation um, plan. And, and the hope was that if there were some new cars, that new fleet cars that would be passenger vehicles, not emergency vehicles, that could be delayed until we had funding for Green Fleet from the, the administration in Washington that that would be a worthwhile thing to hit the pause button and use those green funds to help green our, our passenger vehicles. So that's sort of where all this came from. And if administration thinks they're getting closer to identifying some vehicles that fit in that category, you know, obviously that, that would be welcome news. Thank you. Thank you. Councilman Addison. And then Councilwoman Lynch. I uh, just wanted to add, I support the greening of our fleet incredibly. I think that's a surprise we haven't done, I think, a policy paper to support more of that efforts. I know we've done some things with natural gas conversion for trash trucks and some other things, but I definitely think it is time to maybe look at, you know, our procurement practices and what we're looking to do for replacement of of gasoline to be hybrid and or other required kind of expectations on technology, especially when the daily average commute for most, uh, I think, city fleet is not in excess of most electric car uses right now. 
Um, so for me, I just as, would love to hear the, I guess, analysis from the administration on the impact of this. I do have some concerns with this coming from um, the, I guess, internal service fund for maintenance. That's not accurate. I think Bill, uh, Mr. Elkeberger explained that from Ms. Dr. Brown's response, that was not the same funds. I just want to make sure I understand exactly where those funds are being cut from, if it's anything to do with maintenance um, or any other type of thing aside from new vehicle uh, purchasing. I just want to make sure we're not, you know, getting confused with, with which line item we're using for that that piece. But overall, I, I support what we're trying to do. And actually, I think we should try to make a more um, coordinated effort to make a stand around this exact issue. Thank you. Councilwoman Lynch, um, Councilman Jones. And then I um, see Mr. Vincent, I believe, his hand after that. And then I'd like to uh, move on a suggestion for how we move forward with this. Um, that, and that, that was what I was trying to speak to, Madam President. It sounded like the administration was going to come back to, That's correct. to the table with a proposal, just trying to recap on that. Um, that kind of drives the rest of our conversation. Does it make sense? will allow them to t the time to do that because it stands a, uh, a kind of a return on proposal from them. It's hard for us to move forward. So, I know our surplus and additional items would be. Thank you, Councilwoman Lynch. I was going to wait until we got the questions and then make that suggestion based on what uh, the conversation has been thus far, but that that would come back um, to us tomorrow. But um, but I wanted to get all the members' uh, questions, so I'll put a pin in that. And Councilman Jones, yes, Madam President. Uh, first of all, good afternoon, everybody. I'm sorry that I've been uh, a little uh, unreachable over the weekend. I got away with my son and took care of some uh, life transitioning factors in his life, and so we're back uh, in Richmond here uh, from sunny San Diego. A little. A little tanned, but um, I, 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 I would love to um, challenge my colleagues, uh, uh, Councilperson Addison and uh, uh, Ms. Jordan and Councilperson Lynch, everyone that is in on this whole greening effect, to look at what legislation we write to begin to quantify the next steps. How do we go about doing it? Uh, when we talk about purchasing a fire apparatus. I understand the need, but what what does a service call look like in 2021 and beyond uh, for a medical emergency? Do you run the big apparatus out or is there another answer, another solution, <clears throat> excuse me, to how we can meet the medical emergencies and not just fire? And I understand, you know, the the historically I understand why they've gone out, but how do we go about doing that <clears throat> and how what does that look like how do we get there how do we chart a path in what we purchase and when we purchase it because if we continue to purchase the same apparatus that we purchased 20 30 40 years ago and we're talking about you know moving and becoming greener in our fleet how do we go about doing that and i, I as someone who has a larger vehicle to reduce the size of that vehicle and the type of consumption uh, that it has, that begins to have an impact on our environment as well. So I would love to look at the type of vehicles 
uh, that we're purchasing, not just now, but in the next 5, 10, 15 years uh, uh, as we move forward. And, and Madam President, that's more of a statement and really yeah. a, you know, something that we may want to circle back to uh, in, in the coming months. Thank you, um, Councilman Jones. So, members, what we have on the table, and Mr. Vincent, if you want to comment, what we have on the table, it appears, is a, at least a need to get greater clarification relative to the implications and impact for this particular item, given the categories that we've um, purchased versus maintenance, et cetera. And so the administration, um, Mr. Saunders, Mr. Vincent, would we be able to get that information back tomorrow? Um, Dr. Nuba, we'll do everything we can to get you an answer tomorrow um, by um, close of we, business. Yeah, we, no, no, no. <laughs> um, we need an answer prior to close of business, uh, Mr. Saunders. I appreciate that this is just coming to you, but we really do need the information so we can make some informed decisions about how we move from this point. So, um, understood. Okay. Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you. And I want to thank my colleague, Councilmember Jones. Yes, 100%. And, and something that I didn't mention is that uh, Mr. Steidel had referenced a fleet management plan that was supposed to be culminating in September, which was a whole nother reason I thought it'd be a good idea to pause because we've got to think of more. I mean, every stone should be you know turned over looking for solutions to to be more creative um, and how we're handling our transportation needs, especially with so many people that are now going to be perhaps permanently telecommuting. So I really thank you for bringing that up. And then I just, I do want to say, I have been asking for this information for a while. So um, it's not just coming up today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Jordan. And I would like to um, make sure we don't lose the item that you and Mr. Jones are referencing in terms of the future possible legislation, et cetera. And so um, we'll ask if that might be taken up by um, probably by GovOps so we don't lose it or at least to at least temporarily put that there. So with that, members, if we could um, put this item on for discussion tomorrow with the information. Mr. Saunders, if we could have this, um, you know, by midday, that would be great. But certainly in, uh, prior to our meeting, uh, that would be really helpful. Would really appreciate it. You're uh, saying something, Mr. Saunders. I can't. Uh, we, will, we will do everything we can to get you the information by your meeting tomorrow. But... but I'm also just trying to make sure I understand the, the question. Um, but short answers, we will get you the answer, Dr. Newbell. Okay, then um, if we can press pause here, members, and uh, Mr. Eckelberger, if we could then move to the text amendment so that we can complete that section. And then um, tomorrow, this would be the last of this item to pick up and then moving on to CIP. Yes, Excuse me one second. Councilwoman Jordan, your hand is still up. Is that a question or leftover from the last comment? Leftover. Okay, thank you. All right, Mr. Eckelberger. Um, Madam President, uh, staff met um, last Friday with the city attorney 
uh, and deputy city attorney to discuss the various text amendments that were put forward. And text amendments in the con construct of the budget um, is broadly defined when members are submitting the amendments, but there are some very narrow rules that are applied by the city attorney's office, the primary one being that the text amendment or a related budget ordinance or resolution needs to be directly related to the operation of the budget, even though some might be indirectly related. These have to be directly related to the operation of the budget. So what we've done is we've gone through and identified those um, text amendments, budget-related ordinances that uh, are directly related to the operation of the budget. The city attorney um, indicated that the other items that were requested would be cart requests to be submitted after the budget is adopted, um, so later in May. Um, the first text amendment at the top, if you can all see this, um, I can maybe make it a little bit bigger if you need me to. Mr. But Mr. Eckelberger, the uh, spreadsheet is still on the screen. Is the text amendment on the screen or the spreadsheet? The spreadsheet. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Let me see if I can fix that. There's the spreadsheet. Do you – hold on. Do you see text amendments now? Uh, Ms. No, sir. Okay, let me try this. I'm going to unshare this screen, and then I'm going to go back and share screens again. And now we have text amendments, I hope. Do you see them now? Yes, yes we, we do. Okay, is that is it big enough or should I make it a bit bigger? If you can make it bigger, that would be helpful. I will try to make it a bit bigger. How's that? That's much better. Thank you. Great. The first amendment has to do with that $100,000 for the study of fire and police. And this text amendment would simply say that a report from that study would be due no later than November 1st of 2021 and would request that progress reports to council and the mayor be made on a monthly basis. The November 1st date um, was chosen because that would give time for either implementation later in FY21 if funds were available, or it would mesh well with the budget process moving forward for development of the FY23 budget. If you get much later than that, you really can't build it into either FY22 or 23. So that's that's what that First Amendment is. Mr. Ackerberger, yes, please continue. Continue. Yes. The next you've amendment, indicated that, let me be clear, you've indicated that you have reviewed these with the city attorney, and so we know which can go as text amendments and which items will require legislation. Yes, so, ma'am. All, so, all of them have been reviewed with the city attorney okay. at this point. So if this, you will review with an eye towards updating us in terms of those that fall into each category. Yes. The next uh, amendment, which would be an actual text amendment, would require the Department of Human Resources to calculate the Gallagher 3 implementation cost and report to the mayor and city council no later than November 1st, 2021, on the amount required to adjust the compensation of those employees who are at or above the midpoint 
of their salary range to complete the compression corrections effective for the pay period beginning on June 18th, 2022. That date is the last pay period to begin in fiscal 22. The pay the payroll for that would actually be made uh, as the first pay date in FY23. Um, and this this was essentially taken from one of the slides in the presentation that was made to you back a few weeks ago on the um, the compromise Gallagher uh, program. The next item would be the, the request was to place the Citizen Review Board in the Inspector General's office for the first year and then review. And the city attorney indicated that the Citizen Review Board at first would have to go into non-departmental um, with a text amendment to clarify the purpose of the monies. And um, uh, Haskell Brown might be able to provide a little more background on the rationale for that. Mr. If you want, go ahead. Yes. Mr. Brown, any additional comment on that item at this point? Um, just that uh, you don't actually have a civilian review board at this point, uh, right. so there's no way to associate it with a department. Uh, it's not, uh, I mean, it, it was confusing, it was confusing to think of the, the civilian review board being placed under the control of the inspector general, so maybe I, I didn't understand the intent in doing that, because if you're putting the money in his budget, he controls it, period. Thank you. Okay. Moving Questions? on. To, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, proceed, Mr. Ackerberger. Um, moving on down. Well, the spreadsheet's locked up again. Um, let me close out, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. <sighs> Madam President. Okay, Mr. Uh, Councilwoman Lynch and then um, Councilman Addison. I apologize. I do not have the text amendment document. Um, if that was sent to us prior, I apologize. I just don't see it in our account. Does someone? Okay. Someone Let me um, just check with Mr. Eckelberger um, once he comes back on. And then Mr. Addison. Yes, can we put in the budget for a new computer for uh, Mr. Eckelberger? Uh, yeah, I think we need to look at technology, period, uh, in our unit. And I think we were scheduled to look at that, to review our technology. Just thought I'd put out there. I got if we you. have a little room, it'd be good to have that in. Yes, um, clearly we're having yes, yes and yes. Hey, we got to laugh a little bit at some point in this process. I, yes. So. yes, indeed. You, you can laugh at my headphones all you want. Well, let me just say this. It's not just laughing at your headphones. Your orientation has been sideways all evening. So, oh, has it? Oh, yes. But that's okay. We That wasn't the important part was the work that you were sharing with us. So just wanted you to know. Okay. At least we're talking I, through <laughs> <laughs> since since I have no idea how the cameras in Samson's office are oriented, but, that, I, but that's okay. No, we did not mention it to this point because the important part was what you were working with us on, Mr. Um, Eckelberger. Um, Councilwoman Lynch asked if this document was sent to us, and um, 
Yes, it was. Okay. Um, yes, it was. Um, go ahead. No, no, please proceed. Can you pull the document back up? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I got to share the screen again. Yes. Um, hold on. There we go. Can you see it now? Yes, we can. Okay. Now we're down to item number four. <clears throat> and you notice it's stricken through because it's no longer needed. This would have been needed had you decided to do something other than stick with the introduced budget on fire and police. But since the step plan is going to be implemented on um, as planned on October 9th, you don't need this amendment. So I've stricken through that. Okay. The next one is an ordinance to adjust the pay plan for the 3.25% uh, uh, salary increase that that you folks have agreed to give. Um, that's a fairly complex ordinance, and we'll have to work with the city attorney and the administration to get all the the pay plan tables done um, and get that turned around. And the final um, resolution in this case that that's technically not related to the budget, as the city attorney explained it but that it's necessary to make what you've been talking about work. And that is the resolution on the use of ARP funds for specific purposes. And if you noted when we were going through the, the budget, the general fund budget, we indicated a number of things that would be AARP. And this resolution would simply set out the topics. For example, one of the things to be discussed under AARP would be uh, would be the affordable housing trust fund. Another would be homeless services, you know, and so forth um, right. until you've gotten all those items. Now, the the issue comes here and the reason this is set out separately is that it is technically not related to the the implementation of the budget that you would adopt. It's setting the tone for where you would get some of these other monies later on because of that. It cannot be adopted in one of your budget sessions, the budget session where you'll adopt the budget. And what uh, Mr. Brown suggested is that it could be expedited and you could actually pass this resolution at a meeting of council immediately before or immediately after you take action on the budget. But it could be done the same day, just not technically in the same meeting. So you would have your budget meeting, adopt those ordinances adjourn, immediately go into a special uh, council meeting, adopt this resolution, and adjourn. I hope that clarifies. Right. We would want to have this be in sync uh, to coincide with our intent with the discussion out of the budget. So we will make that adjustment to um, accommodate that, that action or those actions to make sure and that and Madam President, okay. that concludes the text amendments. Everything else would need to be a CART request um, after the budget's adopted. Thank you, Mr. Eckelberger. Councilman Jones? Yes, ma'am, Madam President. I just have a quick question for clarification. Either Mr. Eckelberger yourself or Mr. Saunders can opine. When ARP comes in, uh, who are the stakeholders? Is it going to be an administration? Uh, uh, a decision of how monies are spent? Is it going to be council uh, that's able to allocate dollars or will it be a, a collaboration of both entities, the mayor's office and council looking at priorities? How are we going to move forth on that? I know I spoke with you this morning 
about certain concessions as it relates to uh, affordable housing and other areas. Sure. But one of the things, because um, I know we had a presentation a while back in the Finance Committee, uh, I think at some point we've got to get serious about, and if, if the dollars are available for this, how do we begin uh, to impact uh, crime that's going on at a local level? And it's not bolstering our police force, <laughs> right? It, that, that, you know, you know, paying police extra, putting more police on the street does not correlate to the reduction of crime. And, and I, I think, again, I, I believe most of us are aware of that, but I just want to keep that before us. We have to begin to fund programming and or put processes in place um, that impact people at a neighborhood level. Um, and, you know, yes. as we begin to talk about, you know, the impact of keeping folk, uh, keeping young people occupied, giving young adults hope to move forward. I'm glad to see a, a measure of opening up one of our community centers in an area that, that definitely needs it over in the third district. Cause those are some of the things that keep uh, a lot of young folk, uh, out of trouble coming. Uh, just, just me coming back home from San Diego. I went to my old high school that was drug infested, uh, gang infested, a whole lot of challenges. And the thing that saved a lot of us sports, but not everyone plays sports. So we have to find other creative ways to engage from, you know, pre-K up until middle school and then find a way to capture folk high school, post-high school, and, 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 and the like. And again, I don't know, again, understanding how those ARP dollars are used and how we can employ and deploy uh, those funds to make an impact right now in our communities. And sure. so, uh, and I, I'll stop to see if we can't get so, some uh, some understanding with that. Yes, to your point, um, this is meant to be a, a collaborative process, collaborative and inclusive, and we'll be working to bring something back to council to look at in terms of process. M there are members who've already um, uh, have some suggestions and ideas, uh, conversation with our staff. Um, conversation with the administration, but I'm looking to make sure we bring a draft back to council, and I'm hopeful that we can get that back uh, uh, at our next meetings, not budget meeting, but certainly by our next um, uh, informal meeting uh, to begin to look at that process and further enhance it so it can be codified because it needs to be um, a resolution as well that goes along with, we have the special fund that stipulates, but we uh, certainly need to have what that collaborative process will be. And that um, staff will be working to get at least a draft back for the body to start looking at, but minimally includes uh, administration, city council, and should be even more inclusive. So more to come. So you're absolutely right on point with that one from my perspective. This is not something that um, this this is absolutely something that would be a collaborative process. So look to bring something to get something before the body for review. And then, like I said, to take to legislation. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. because, again, as we look at our yeah. budget, what things will help, uh, 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 you know, address the issue? Exactly. Uh, of crime and of 
you know, of, of violence, gun violence in our city? What things are we exactly. budgeting to ensure that we can at least begin to move the needle to ensure that our communities are safe? Exactly. Um, thank you, um, Councilman Jones. So with that, we have completed the um, text review. Is that correct, Ms. And Councilman Jordan, I'll come right back to you. We've completed the text review, um, Councilman. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Eckelberger. Yeah, yes, ma'am. You've completed the um, review of the text amendments, at least okay. going over them. Okay. Um, you have not uh, reached consensus on them. Well, that's I, what I'm coming to. I'm just making sure we completed them first. And so, yeah, you, okay. ma'am, you've, you completed going over them. And unfortunately, the spreadsheet has locked up yet again. Okay. Um, so I can't. I'm, I'm going to have to leave for another minute and then okay. come back. But. Um, but I can take other um, uh, members until you come back. So Councilwoman Jordan, Councilwoman Trammell, Councilwoman Lynch, Mr. Saunders. Thank you so much. Is there a different section where uh, the amendment I put forward to make the Office of Sustainability Independent is going to be discussed? Because that was a text amendment. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brown, um, you reviewed that document. Um, I believe, Ms. Jordan, some of these things required legislation as opposed to text amendments is why you uh, may not see that one. But count, uh, if you would, Mr. Brown. I'll, I'll try. Um, I think Bill may be the best suited to talk about the timing of that. But uh, it is correct that to create an Office of Sustainability will require additional legislation. There will need to be an, an ordinance you know, establishing the department and its, and, and its functions. Uh, and, and that is something you would expect to take place at the same time you separated the, the funding for that agency from its current location, which I believe is in the Department of Public Utilities somehow. So we will have a list of items that will need legislation based on that set of uh, requested text amendments, Councilwoman Jordan, that will need to come forward and staff will be vigilant to get them into the cart so we can get them set up and moving. Um, Thank you. Councilwoman Trammell. Okay. Councilwoman Trammell, okay. Thank you, Madam President. You're, um, you're unmuted. I just, a, um, I just have a statement to make. I know that um, we're talking about gun violence and all of that, you know, in our city. You know, I think about when I was doing court watch and couple of years back with the captain at second precinct taking a bunch of citizens over there to court watch and I won't mention the, the courtroom that I was in but I know most of you probably know what I'm talking about um, over there when it was called Midlothian Village Parker who was a council person in fifth district um, we would talk about you know how these no trespassing um, charges would be dismissed in the courtroom um, I know that the judge has said that they were not legal and that I know that the that the resident manager over there and others were very, very upset because when they would call the police to have, you know, people that were trespassing on the property removed or, or arrested because they come back again after they were told to leave and then they go to court and the cases would be dismissed. That's where we need to start. We need to start looking at the courtrooms because um, when you've got our police officers putting their lives, you know, on the line to do what we've asked them to do to help us, you know, with the people that, and I know that a lot of times when these shootings have, have occurred in a paper, it always says that they've been, you know, 
they've been arrested before. Not they're not supposed to have a gun, but they got a gun. And I'll tell you right now, I've talked to so many people on the street, and they have told me, "You're not taking my guns from me. You will not ever take my guns from me." Um, so let's look at the other things besides just saying that you know that because a gun doesn't pull the trigger itself, the person that has that gun pulls that trigger and commits the crime. So I want to make sure that that got cleared because I know that um, people were talking about, I guess, um, you know, the incidents we've had in the city, not just, you know, recently, but for the past year. You know, they've asked what's happened to our community policing, what's happened when we call the police and we have to wait, you know, a long time, you know, for loud music, the police don't come or the police come and we don't see them. They have to realize we've lost 74 police officers and also we have froze those positions with police and fire. So I wanted to make I want to make that statement, Madam President. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Um, Councilwoman Lynch, I think you were next. Yes, Madam President. Um, if someone, I am sorry to make this request again, but if someone could just forward me that list of text amendments, I believe there's sure. other, or maybe forward it to all the council members because I think some of us are missing, um, mixing those. Okay. Um, Mr. Eckelberger, if you would uh, uh, resend those items that are uh, within that text docu document. Councilwoman Robertson, Vice President Robinson. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I just want to respond uh, to some of the comments that have already been made as it relates to what's happening with our crime in the city and and how crime is increasing um and also you go back to the compensation and pay plan uh study that we we're talking about doing because we've got a lot of different agents groups that have been working on you know all types of things as it relates to police um but uh, Ms. Trammell is absolutely right. The pipeline of what's happening and how to deal with crime in the city from, you know, gun violence, uh, use of guns, illegal sales of guns, uh, from the extensive work that the Mayor's Commission put together as it relates to rebranding and rethinking uh uh, re-imaging uh, police, um, you know, the civilian board. There are lots of moving parts that are all related to the interest of making sure that we're addressing um, public safety. Um, in addition to that, you know, we have historically drastically cut services to address challenges that people have, uh, after-school programs. I know the mayor's done a good job in putting money back in the budget to address that, but our parks and recs have been uh, severely cut over the years. And and so when we talk about these studies, if we, if we focus on, and I think we have to split them up as to how we do that, um, but, you know, the, the contributing factors in community policing and, you know, how much we uh, we were able to significantly reduce crime in the community because people talk to each other. People um, recognize the different facets of needs and how 
we would collectively look at coordinating our services. And, and I don't know that in this budget process, the conversations that we need to have that focus around the things that we agreed to in our retreat uh, are here, uh, but we are not having the kind of conversation. So, Madam Chair, I strongly recommend that, you know, we get this budget adopted. Um, but the work that we need to start doing as it relates to the execution and the implementation of this budget and the programs and the alignment of the programs, we need to start having that. We need to revisit our retreat outcomes and have those kind of discussions as it relates to implementation and program alignment for this budget that we adopt, as well as what Mr. Jones have mentioned. You know, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of money coming down the pipe that we have really not talked about execution. We have difficulty. Our staff is so limited right now that they can barely keep their heads above water with the work demand that is on them at the present time. And this new money is going to place a huge additional responsibility for execution and spending this money within the time period that it has to be spent. There's nothing in this budget that appropriates additional resources for the execution. I'm sure we're hoping that we'll be able to do it out of the funding that is provided, and we certainly hope so. Um, but the conversations that needs to be had to make sure that we're getting things done adequately in the city uh, is going to require us to spend uh, some time in June uh, with preparation. And so I would just ask that you put that on the agenda so that we can set aside the time to make and an agenda to make sure that we can and prioritize the agenda sure. so that we can get that done. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, um, Vice President Robertson. We have a lot of crosswalking to do from the work we did at retreat to our current infrastructure and uh, certainly this budget work uh, and the implementation would be part and parcel of that. Um, I am going to uh, press this just a bit. Um, Bill has on the screen the uh, document he spoke from. The other items that people had did not get lost. There's a whole packet of items that uh, would require um, legislation, and so he's indicated CART for that. And while he's scrolling there, Mr. Saunders, uh, is that you with your hand up there? I'm sorry, because there's, is that you? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma okay. Ma so, yes, if you would, and then I'd like to, uh, members, I'd like to go on to address and get closure relative to the text amendments. Mr. Saunders. Um, Madam President, I was just had an, had an update from our earlier conversation related to the fleet question. So, um, do you want to complete the text amendments and then come back? Yes, to I it? do. But, okay. Yes, but I actually, uh, but I think we can discuss it without requiring to to hold off till tomorrow for an update. But so I okay. can. Yes, let me get through this. And Mr. Eckelberger, um, if you could show the other screen so that folks can see that their items. Uh, while they might not have uh, been able to be in text, they are, you have CART beside them, and that's where legislation would be uh, needed. And then we did have a few that were not, uh, if you would just um, 
quickly review these. Members, everyone is seeing the document? No, Madam President, I don't Oh, have really? To. No. Okay. Well, that's a challenge. Mr. Eckelberger? I see I'm, it. If that helps. Apologies. Not yes, I remember seeing it now. Okay. Okay. And Mr. Eckelberger, if you can just show the item, the text amendment title, and then the um, comment from legal so that people can see that they were each vetted and reviewed and then what action, uh, if any, we would proceed with. Mr. Eckelberger, are you still on? He's muted. Mr. Eckelberger, you need to unmute. Uh, now I'm up, not muted. Okay, so um, if you could review the text amendment item and then the comment that came as a result of legal review so that members can see what the status is um, and recommendation was relative to their items. This first one was Mr. Addison's uh, amendment related to the BPOL surplus. Um, BPOL right now, the projected revenues are the same for FY22 as FY21. And the concept here is that you could, you could use the excess revenues um, and that to lower the BPOL in the future. Uh, city attorney thought that, that would be best. Um, it's not needed to operate the budget so that would be a cart request in the future this comment out to the side here is is from me and that is a suggestion on a way to make this work by taking any revenues that are above the b pole projection that's in the budget and putting those in a special reserve and then that money will be sequestered so that you can actually use it to reduce the b pole tax rate for fy23 bill what's that amount uh, the, the B poll tax, let me look one second. Um, okay. I, I didn't know if you just had it handy. I was just wondering. Total for no. the year it was 31 million. Yeah. And it's left at 31 million roughly for the FY 22. So any growth above FY 22's 31 million would, um, be used to reduce the B poll tax rate for next year. Um, and my suggestion over here is just a way to operationalize that that would have to be talked about in development of the CART request. Okay. Um, the next one is fiscal review savings. Um, again, Mr. Addison, uh, this would be any savings identified by the Office of the City Auditor as a result of funded fiscal review must be dedicated toward improving working conditions. Again, that's a future CART request. Um, Permitting special revenue fund, um, that would be a cart request in the future. There's already, the city attorney also pointed out, there's already a state law that requires that any fees that are collected for the provision of city services be used only for the provision of those city services. They're not supposed to be diverted for anything else. Um, the um, that, That's number 11. Number, it doesn't want to do number 12. Hold on. Number 12, the VRS, um, new city hires shall be placed in the Virginia retirement system effective July 1, 2022. Uh, eligible existing employees shall be offered opportunity to transition back to the Virginia retirement system 
uh, that would be a future cart request. Um, you've got the $2,000 for completion of the actuarial studies to accomplish this, but this language is not necessary in order for that $2,000 to go forward. So that's why it's a cart request for the future. The Office of Sustainability, um, Mr. Addison, make the Office of Sustainability an independent office separate from the Department of Public Works. That would be a separate cart request to break that out as a separate department. The reservation of fund balance, uh, the 847000 and the origin of that was um, a set-aside that was done back last May, um, and that 847000 would be a separate cart request uh, to reserve the fund balance for the uses that that the patron would intend in the cart request. The south side revitalization would be um, a cart request to support recommendations for south side revitalization task force plan through rezoning. The next one, specialty dockets, increase funding for specialty dockets, mental health and drug dockets to reduce recidivism. Uh, Funding should evaluate the program's outcomes, development. That's a separate cart request asking to look at those things. Vegetation ordinance requests the department, the planning department reviews staffing to have entry level inspectors handle vegetation ordinances. That would be a resolution. Uh, the charter commission, there's a request for an ordinance to create a charter uh, review commission, and that would be separate from the budget. There's a collaborative budget process uh, request for adoption of a budget that requires collaborative standard operating procedure to include sessions which result in an agreed-upon budget of all additional recovery funds coming to the city. Uh, The SOP should be to council before receiving any funds. That's getting at this thing you've heard discussed repeatedly during this budget review cycle that many council members would like to see a more collaborative budget process running up to the introduction of the budget rather than beginning some process after the budget's introduced. Um, that is a separate cart request and may mm-hmm. in fact require a charter change. Okay. Um, the next one, again, the Office of Sustainability, to break that out separately, this is just Jordan's uh, version of that. Again, it takes a cart request to do that. Uh, finally, general compensation. These are a couple that, that I am suggesting you look at over the next year. Adopt an ordinance to require that the Department of Human Resource resources report on the labor market movement in central Virginia and the competitive status of the city uh, in this labor market annually no later than November 1st. And then once every five years, the report would be required to be based on an in-depth analysis of of the competitive labor market. The next one, again, is similar. Uh, Adopt an ordinance to require that the pay and classification ranges and employee compensation shall be increased annually to reflect the labor market movement. That's another one that's taken out of the presentation from the chief administrative officer. Uh, Then adopt an ordinance to require the capital improvement plan for FY23 and subsequent budgets to include project funding, uh, projects that are funded from special funds. You'll recall the discussion a, a few weeks ago about um, not being, this was during the presentation on the capital budget, not being able to figure out what was being spent from these special funds that had been moved, um, transportation special funds that are now in the special fund budget. And this would just have 
these transportation projects set out similar to what you do with the um, utility projects right now. The general fund budget one is just requiring more more information about all these non-departmental entities. Um, this would say, what what is the nature of the ent entity? Is it nonprofit? Is it a state authority, a regional authority, a city authority? Is it a city program? Whether the appropriation is required or discretionary, and finally, the expected use of the appropriation uh, would be itemized, and then. Uh, the final one down here that would require a CART request um, is adopt an ordinance to require that the CIP include for each project the table that sets out the funding sources uh, proposed the appropriation in the fiscal year under consideration. That's something that, that Samson and I went through and figured out for you based on some information that was in the budget but also some supplemental, but that probably should be in your in your budget book when you receive it. Those are all the CART requests. But again, they're for consideration over the next year. Um, if get back to the top here, here are the actual text amendments and ordinances for this budget. Thank you, Mr. Eckelberger. Members, are there any questions at this point? Are we able to move for consensus uh, based on the review thus far? Might I see hands? Madam President, I, I hate to be a pain. I apologize. I still don't have this document, and I had Mr. one. Eckel okay. Mr. Eckelberger, when, when um, did you resend this document? Yeah, I thought I did. But, I mean, there's there's issues with, with webmail and okay. Outlook. So okay. I, I, I thought it went out earlier today. In fact, I thought I had sent it out twice, but. Okay. Um, so Samson's computer, I can't send emails. Um, he okay. Could, he right. doesn't, so, where he is, he doesn't have access to the S drive. Madam President, I just, okay. I just sent one. Hold to, one second, uh, Mr. Jones. Uh, account. If you, I, I just sent her one to her council account. To okay, councilwoman, uh, uh, to councilwoman Lynch's account. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Mr. Uh, Addison, is that the same uh, issue for you as well? No, I have it. You have it. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So, do members, um, based on if it, members have not had an opportunity to review this, would you like to review this? And we put this at the top to get closure uh, at our session tomorrow. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm in agreement. Okay, um, Mr. Addison, you your comment. I was just going to say, I think this is a good, good overview. I would like to see how we could pursue these steps um, once we finalize the budget. Sure, absolutely. And probably with some timeline. So our members amenable to, um, we need to make sure that everyone has the document and then is prepared to, um, I think it uh, will be pretty easy to review, but prepared to provide uh uh, your feedback in terms of consensing at the beginning of the meeting uh, tomorrow. Councilwoman Larson. Uh, thank you, Dr. Nibble. So uh, you're just looking for a consensus on um, all yeah. the text amendments? like as That's a correct. Based okay. on the legal review and the actions that have been uh, uh, highlighted under the comments section. 
because they've all been reviewed by staff and uh, our city attorney. Okay. All right. And we're going to do that at the beginning of tomorrow. Well, I mean, I would have liked to this evening, but if people don't feel that the review we've had and that they've had enough time to look at it, you know, we can certainly hold until tomorrow, but that would be uh, moving forward immediately to get consensus based on people having reviewed um, this evening. So what's your pleasure? Is that preferred? Yeah, we can come back tomorrow, top of the meeting. Thank you. Any other members? What time is tomorrow? Tomorrow, three o'clock. Thank you, Ms. Reed. Mr. Uh, Councilman Addison, uh, you were muted. I'm sorry. I, I will be teaching tomorrow at 3.30. I can join for 30 minutes. Okay. Thank you. We'll make sure this is at the front end uh, as well as the uh, other item that we uh, placed on for tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Saunders, did you have, were you make, trying to make comments? Okay. Dr. Nebel, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still in the same place where I was if we're going, when, when you guys want to go back to um, reductions, I can provide further feedback, but it's really. Is that the information that you were going to provide to us for tomorrow's meeting? I, I get, yes, I think so. So you have a full, okay. So you prepared to go fully forward with the information members have asked or. I believe so. But um, again, and just to, um, you know, speak well, to. Maybe. Yeah, what I would like to have is the questions that members have asked to have that information so we can review and move forward in terms of making um, decisions about how to move forward then, with that. Then let me, then let me, if I, if you wouldn't mind, I can just speak briefly to the, um, the question posed in regards to, um, uh, you know, the impacts of a reduction in the internal service fund um, for fleet. Um, I guess what I will will say is that um, because it does cover, you know, uh, multiple departments, et cetera, uh, you know, our, if, you know, if the, the total amount was reduced by a million dollars, you know, the essentially the responsibility of the team would be to just work through the most pressing fleet needs um, to the best of our ability with our available budget. So I don't know that we could necessarily say that it would be, you know, irrespective of, um, reducing any other any specific departments um, potential fleet expenditure so again we, we'd be working through the priorities if in the event that uh, it is reduced and as we're working through the fiscal year ARP funds or otherwise um, my comment would simply be that uh, we would not just need this funding but potential but likely more not just to offset this but just as we're as we're talking about ARP this year et cetera um, I'm sorry, because we stopped sharing the screen. It's very distracting. <laughs> sure. Um, any, so as we approach the rescue plan funding, potential increased revenues, et cetera, um, 
six million dollars in our fleet budget um, is not enough to meet the needs we have as a city. So I would just kind of ask that if council considers this reduction, um, please know that we are likely to come back with the need to work with you to um, restore that funding, uh, either through rescue plan funding um, or, or increased revenues or otherwise. Um, we do need to believe you will be seeing a fleet plan this summer uh, that DCO Bob Seidel and, other, and team members are working hard on that will hopefully incorporate or likely incorporate many of the recommendations around green fleet, et cetera. So, sorry, it's late in my convoluted way of saying that um, we're going to need to have more conversations and tough conversations about funding fleet, particularly if we're going to meet some of the green fleet goals that I believe members of council share. Um, so, I don't believe there's any additional ramifications or otherwise that that we need to bring to light for council for their consideration. But that's what I would would share is that we're going to have more needs here. The original proposed budget proposed seven, which um, was a good investment, but not as far as we need to go regards to fleet. If we reduce it by a million, uh, it won't change the fact that the demand is there both for police fire as well as um, some of our, our heavy vehicles and public works and um, across other city departments. Um, Mr. Saunders, uh, thank you, I think, I guess there, I want to make sure, uh, I want to make sure that, um, all the members' questions relative to this item from before have been responded to. And so I think there were some specific questions, Ms. Jordan, um, um, and other members who had questions, does this respond to the uh, does this respond to the questions and concerns that were raised in terms of impact? And if it does, then and I don't see hands on that, then we can go back and look at that particular item and whether or not we want to uh, take that decrease. Thank you, Madam. Okay. I'm not. Yes. I'm not. Yeah, I, I still feel like I don't. I would have liked to have seen like a more detailed explanation of the vehicles that are that they would prioritize. Um, okay. But um, just to confirm, um, administration would be reviewing the, this this summer, so we're really just talking about a few months delay, Ma essentially. Um, let me just. Um, ascertain that Mr. Saunders, you heard Councilwoman Jordan's uh, question, correct? I, we did, and I, and I do believe that there is is data available related to fleet age, et cetera, that, that either has been provided or can be provided. But, you know, we're also talking about something where, you know, the, that the plans will have to change and adapt to whether it's, because it's not just maintenance, but we could have situations where a vehicle breaks down and needs to be replaced. It's not possible to, to repair. Um, Chief Carter spoke earlier to you know the age of a fleet when you're or, or for fire when you have a uh, apparatus that's 22 years old and the lifespan's 15 you 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 will hope that it you know maintains serviceability but it may not so i think to councilman jordan's comment there's just um some degree of um variability in what the um what the what the replacement plan would have to look like during the year and that's why we um we budget for it to enable the um, fleet management team to prioritize based on the, the pressing needs. Um, 
Thank you, Mr. Saunders. I, I just want to make sure that I understand. And so relative to this proposed decrease item, um, I'm not sure if I'm totally clear in terms of what you said, but it sounds as if the uh, decrease that we're looking at here um, could be addressed if I'm, and please correct this, relative to um, the broader discussions that are going to be had, but certainly the ARP funds. Madam President, I think what I'm, what I'm trying to relay uh, is simply that um, if council chooses to move forward with this reduction now, we will likely need to come back to you um, with options and, and variables that um, may not be clear today. It may be ARP, it may be otherwise, to look for this funding to be restored. Let me just, I'll place it that way. That it's not likely to, to mean we don't have the need. It's It's simply that we would look for alternatives for funded uh, if the, the general fund operating dollars are not in the um, final approved budget. Okay, thank you. Um, Councilwoman Lynch. So, and then Councilwoman uh, Vice President Robertson. So am I hearing um, correctly, are we at the point where we're ready? Um, seems like we've gotten the information that we need. Um, are we ready to make a motion on this decrease? Well, I'm trying to get to that point, um, Councilwoman Lynch. I was trying to make sure that we had the information. I'm not as clear as I'd like to be about it, but it sounds as if if we go forward, we still would have a need, even if that was not decreased, to look at um, more funding. Mr. Saunders, you seem to be shaking your head. Is that correct? I think that's a good way to frame it, Dr. Nimbo, is that regardless of the decrease, we're, we're going to need to invest more in fleet, whether we do okay. it now or, or later, uh, the need is there. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I understand the um, the the interest in um, reducing it, but I just, we, we will continue to have the need. And if council makes the decision, we'll, we'll continue to look for solutions. Um, Counts, uh, Vice President Robertson, uh, then um, Councilman Addison, and then I'd like to push for getting closure here. Uh, Madam Chair, I just want to uh, ask that the invite for tomorrow's work session that comes from the clerk's office also include the attachment of documents that will be reviewed from our staff and administration as well, as well so that it, those documents will be included in the invite so we can all look at them. Thank you. Yes, and I, that one was sent out by um, Mr. Anderson today, Samson, um, but yes, we'll, I'll ask that it also be included. Um, Councilman Addison. Um, question, do we, now I'm not saying this is a, I'm against the cut, but do we need to cut the balance? Um, Madam President, no, no, you do not. Meaning, if we are able to pursue with getting this budget funded and balanced, as well as addressing the very accurate need of right-sizing and, I think, improving our fleet to be more energy efficient, if we can also not take away more ARP funding that we've already kind of marked a lot of things for, it seems, in this budget process or eligible projects specifically, um, if we could, I mean, what's it going to take to finish this budget process in the next like 30 minutes? We just got a couple answers. We have a balanced budget. 
is it going to take that much longer? You, Madam Chairman, if I, Madam yes. President, if I could, um, your budget is balanced right now. Um, the question is whether you want a surplus of one million one hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars or a surplus of one hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars. And then, if you if you take the additional cut and you've got the balance of one million one thirty-four, what do you want to do with that balance? Thank you, Councilwoman Lynch. Thank you, Councilmember Newbill. Um, I believe there are a number of priorities and items that we have been talking about, not just we um, as a council, but the administration, various work groups, um, folks in the community. And we're at an absolutely critical, critical time period. Um, and we have the opportunity to uh, we've we've done the hard work at, and what a council should do um, in finding a, a compromise and working with each other and working with the administration to deliver a budget that is balanced and we have achieved um, a a level of comfort with uh, where we are I, I know I have a level of comfort with the decreases as being proposed I would say um, that we, we are looking at a surplus right now that allows us to go back to, um, well, when you have a surplus, you go back to some of what those pr most pressing um, priorities and issues are. And I have heard it several times on this call, um, and it is heavy, heavy, heavy in my heart this evening. Um, and I want to take us back to some of the recommendations, some of the conversations that we've had around reducing gun violence and, um, and improving services and wraparound supports for trauma-impacted communities. Um, we have uh, uh, just a little, just enough um, to implement some of the programs um, that we've been talking about. I know there's been a lot of conversation about funding grassroots organizations, um, really doing the type of work um, that needs to be done to not only disrupt violence, but to prevent it. Um, I think Councilmember Jones said it really eloquently earlier um, in regards to um, putting our money where our, our hearts are, our, our mouth is, um, and certainly Councilmember Jordan, Councilmember Lambert mentioned it earlier. Um, I just, I would really, really like us to consider um, taking that uh, surplus and doing something bold with it because we have the opportunity right now um, and again, this is heavy, heavy, heavy on my heart. I had five women, um, an infant, and four women um, uh, who were shot. I had a fatality, a, a woman um, who I knew, and a four-month-old baby um, who, who did not make it, unfortunately. And this has been one of, not one of, this has been the hardest um, seven days for me as a council member and for our community and our hearts are hurting and we have the opportunity to um, do some really, really great things with that a million uh, dollars and fund some of the programming that's been discussed through um, the Department of Health uh, for through our Richmond City Department of Health um, and for some of our grassroots organizers. And so um, I wanted to turn it uh, maybe maybe just get a gut check because this is not uh, this is not new 
Um, I'm just going back to some of the priorities that were laid out of many, um, but some of the priorities that were laid out at, for our city. And I know now um, this is more um, this is more timely than ever. Um, but um, I don't know if Maggie Anderson is on the phone. She's done quite a bit of work um, on uh, on this issue and wanted yeah. to know if yes. that was in line with conversations that they've been having. So before we go to staff, I want to um, um, couple of things. Um, we have had several comments about um, gun violence, and we've had comments um, before about the recommendations that came out of reimagining um, public safety. And I'm assuming, is this all dovetailing in your discussion, um, Councilwoman Lynch? Okay. I mean, it, it's been pretty consistent, this um, this discussion across members thus far. And so I want to take Councilman Jones, and then I want to come back uh, and see if we have any consensus relative to looking at utilizing some of those funds towards that end. Councilman Jones? Thank you, Madam President. I appreciate uh, Councilperson Lynch uh, and, and her comments. Two, two, two things, two things. Um, one, I have five to seven organizations that are currently working on Southside and have history on Southside. And the, the, the one challenge that all of them have is the same thing, funding. We fund so many different things. And so, so I would like time for us to, and, and, and we're on our way to balancing the budget. But but I would really like to strongly consider bringing something back over the next two days. I don't. We don't need five days for this. I really don't. <laughs> we can't take five days for it, Mr. Jones. I, I know. So, so, so I, I just need a few hours to just put some 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 things on paper, check with a couple of folk, and bring back a recommendation. One. That's the first thing. Second thing. I would like to know from the CAO, um, what what's the plan? I mean, with everything that's happened right now and everything that's ramped up right now, we can't be about business as usual. We, we, we just can't. Because, again, we're talking about, you know, the number of homicides on the south side alone. We're not even well, talking. across the city. Yes. But, but, but I, I understand. I mean, yes. but, 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 but the number of shootings that we have on the south side alone, it is to... I mean, it, it, it's it is reaching epidemic okay. proportions, and so 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 I would just like to know, and just on the record tonight, what what is the administration? What, what's the plan? Because I don't want us to get out in front of something that the mayor or the administration is looking at. But I would really like to know what's the plan. What are they planning? So, Councilman Jones, Councilwoman Lynch, um, I think to your point, um, it would bode well for us um, to take a moment and that moment being until tomorrow to have a conversation with the administration about the plan. I think well, Mr. Well, Saunders I, well, is I, well, on I, and Ms. Wait, wait, they're on. Mr. Jones, I'm coming back to them. Mr. Saunders is on, and I believe um, I'm not, sh and, and Maggie's on as well, who can speak to at least this evening, but um, the a more substantive plan about how, and what those funds would be used for, I think we'll at least need overnight. So, Mr. Saunders, are you on? And you hear uh, the question? Uh, yes, Madam President, are we um, 
looking to discuss this evening or are we looking for more specific uh, at least some tomorrow? general comment this evening based on if what's I, come out of the reimagine and other kind to mr jones's um point and you, you hear the concern here this is not a minor concern this is a concern maybe. across our city and Absolutely. so and rightfully I, so there's much could, I, okay for um, the mayor's active chief of staff, Maggie Anderson, to give an update based on the conversations um, that have been had with the Reimagining Public Safety Task Force uh, and subsequently. Maggie, are you on? I am. Thank you, um, ACO Saunders. Um, good evening, members of council. Um, yes, this, uh, there are a number of items that came out of the task force on reimagining public safety that align to addressing gun violence in our community, one of which is in the mayor's proposed FY22 budget, the hiring of a community safety coordinator under DCAO Reggie Gordon um, to focus on gun violence prevention and to take the uh, long-term framework that has, have, has had a working group committed to it. We've uh, been working with a number of organizations, including VCU Health, uh, Richmond City Health District, RVA League for Safer Streets, and community members that have been impacted by gun violence to um, work on a long-term framework. However, there are a number of items that are considered more of a phase one of that that can be implemented um, you know, at a much faster rate um, if funding is provided. And so there are a number of opportunities from the state and the federal government, as well as the conversation that's been had tonight around gun violence prevention um, based on, you know, community-based, um, you know, engagement and connections um, in communities that have high rates of crime um, and violence. Uh, there's a number of opportunities that we're looking at as well related to uh, youth and young adult employment and mentorship, which we know is a, is a vital prevention effort if we can get youth and um, young adults employed and with mentorship that's an evidence-based practice um, so we're looking at that as well um, in addition to um, additional after-school opportunities through our parks and rec department so high level those are a few items and i welcome collaboration with city council to advance those and if i could uh president new but we also uh chief smith is on i think it'd be important for him to be able to speak to this question as well Thank you, um, Chief Smith. He, he texted he needed to be unmuted, so I'm not sure if the chief um, um, All right, there we Madam go. Cl oh, okay. you there? Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Great. The gun violence that we're seeing across the city is not something that's unusual that we're seeing across the nation. What the plan is is pretty straightforward and simple when you start to take a look at those who are being most affected by the gun violence that we're seeing both the victims and the perpetrators of these is our young people we are looking to reach out to any and everyone that can actually get in touch with our youth to, to, to connect our youth back with our mentors their teachers their role models their faith leaders those organizations that have kind of been on the sidelines because of COVID right now and i think that as we come out of COVID, that we'll see a better a better chance to reconnect with our youth they're the ones who've been affected by it the most and most heavily. They're the ones who are actually been stuck in the house. But those are the, that's where we need to go. Um, I think in the past we we knew where to go. It was geographical locations. We knew where the violence was. We knew where high crime volumes were in certain areas of the city. But right now, this is really spread out across the city, including Southside as well too. 
But I think that's where we start, and we're looking to actually reach out and partner with anyone who's willing to reach out to our kids um, and actually get in touch with them so that we can reduce this gun violence and keep the guns out of their hands. Thank you, Chief. Um, and so, members, at this point, it appears to me, as I've heard, that there is um, a fair amount of consensus around um, really looking at addressing uh, gun violence. Um, and and I'm using that term loosely because we're talking about a variety of activities, events, et cetera, that are directed to you, some of the persons you're working with already. And so I would ask if we could um, have opportunity uh, tomorrow to review this with um, some sense of what might be options, who might be some of the partner entities uh, that would be a part of these efforts so that that helps some rough plan of action. Let me just say that. Um, and I would ask that our staff would get with um, Ms. Uh, certainly with uh, Ms. Anderson and um, Councilwoman Lynch and Councilman Jones, because both of you have been working with some folks specifically in communities, but other members have as well. I know I have in my community. And so that we could come back with some sense of what is a general plan of action that we might move and what would the, that dollar amount be? Is that the entirety uh, of the dollars that we have available, et cetera? So if we could have that, is that Ms. Anderson? Could you work with our folks to, and Mr. Saunders? I don't mean Mr. Saunders and then Ms. Anderson. So. Absolutely, Council President Newbell, I'm happy to do that. Okay, and we're looking for that plan and path forward, um, building on what has been activities and recommendations, well, recommended activities and strategies from the reimagining, but also from what members have been sharing this evening as well. They're clearly working with folks in community. So with that, Councilwoman Lynch, and I would like to move on unless members uh, have other questions. Councilwoman Lynch. Yes. And just just um, as, a, as a footnote to this conversation um, for the members, because we haven't gotten the full, it hasn't been posted yet, we are doing a, um, a special, uh, as a part of our agenda for education and human services this Thursday, um, we are having um, members of the administration um, and stakeholders to come and present some of the work um, that's being done. And so I just wanted to flag that for everyone being done around um, uh, gun violence prevention, violence disruption, and um, services for trauma-impacted communities. Thank you. I appreciate that. And if that notice could be shared with members, I am concerned uh, we have still uh, our CIP budget to complete. And so I would like to um, complete this budget tomorrow and then get on to CIP. I think we can do that. I think there's been enough um, uh, certainly planning and activity and some initiation in terms of the gun violence initiative that's underway now and the reimagining. So, um, Ms. Davis, you're on, um, and Mr. Saunders, you've agreed that uh, in conjunction with our staff, we can get a preliminary uh, path forward in terms of strategies relative to gun violence that this body could consider and looking at dollar amounts, et cetera. Yes. Okay, I think I heard yes. I believe it was Joyce, but we'll, we'll gladly collaborate with council staff on it. 
Thank, Thank you. you. So with that, um, the first things for tomorrow, we have, if everyone would please review the text amendment document, number one, and then uh, be prepared for review and decisioning relative to the surplus dollars remaining, and especially relative to the um, priority that's consistently been articulated around the need to address gun violence, and especially in this moment in our city uh, with the incidents that we're seeing and the loss of life that we're seeing. Um, so any other items for this evening? Madam President, there is one more item that we had discussed bringing up this evening. Okay. And I'm going to, yes. it, it should only take about five minutes and hopefully you can see the screen. Yes. There's uh, a request to, you, you've got before you a special revenue budget, um, ordinance number 2021, I believe it's 041. Um, after the budget was introduced by the mayor, the administration received notification from the federal government that they would be receiving um, some additional funds uh, from the federal housing monies. Um, these are your standard uh, grants for community development block grants, HOME, HOPWA, and HOME CV. Home CV. Um, they would have been included in the budget, but again, the notice from the federal government was received after the budget was introduced. Um, if you want more information on this, uh, I asked Jay Brown if he would have somebody here to explain these briefly. Um, this is a technical amendment only. It doesn't provide you any money you would not have otherwise gotten. It just allows you to accept that money and it be in place when they begin the budget on July 1st. Otherwise, they have to wait until after July 1st to submit an ordinance to amend to accept these monies. And that will take you probably six weeks um, into the fiscal year before they actually can make use of them. And that's everything from me. Um, if Jay thinks somebody needs to explain this further, or Madam President, if you think somebody needs to explain this further, well, there should be somebody here. Well, um, if there is action that's being requested, yes. Yes, ma'am. You need to approve amending the special fund budget by these amounts. Okay. And so this evening, um, this is not a, okay, I'm just looking at this. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, Mr. Brown on? Yes, ma'am. This is uh, Jay Brown. And if I may, um, Bill gave a, a actually a, a very good overview of what this is. This does not impact your operating budget. This was just an, an update to the proposed numbers in the special fund for the community development block grant received by the federal government. And the request is just to update that as a part of your amendments, um, if that's the will of city council. And if there's anyone from housing and community development that that is present that would like to share more. Was there someone else you were inviting to share additional? Madam President, I see um, Michelle Peters with housing and community development on. I'm not sure if she can unmute. Good evening, um, President Nubia, Vice President Robertson, and members of council. We have Daniel Mauer with us, and he will be able to provide the additional information. Mr. Mauer. Uh, good evening, council. 
before you is the special revenue funds um, for our entitlement program. Uh, uh, we, the city received additional funding. I, I'm sorry, this is... I'll take it, Mr. Mauer. I'll take yeah, it. I'll take I'm it. a little I'll confused by the numbers. I'm sorry. I'll take right. it. So the numbers are there because what has happened is when we originally received, um, when we originally submitted the monies to budget to be included for special revenue, that would include our CDBG, our home, our hot water funds that we get from the federal government, we estimated based on what we got pre in previous years. When we actually got the letter to um, inform us what we were getting, we got extra in HOPWA, and we had some program income. We had money to come back to the CDBG program where persons who received down payment assistance did not maintain those mortgages in the affordability period, and they had to repay money back to the city. So we got more program income that we had anticipated because of the low rates and so individuals, you know, refinanced or either sold their properties and that money had to come back to the program because they had to keep it for five to 15 years. Um, in addition to that, we got some home program income. And so what we did was we increased our numbers for the revenues that we've actually received that was not received at the time that we gave the information to the budget office. In addition to that, we've included the CV money that's coming to us from home as a part of Biden's plan to give $5.9 million, that was also included in this amendment. And therefore you have a total of $6.9 million. That's an increase to the federal programs. I'm sorry, thank you, Ms. Peters. Members, are there any uh, questions at this point? What's being asked is approval of this budget uh, uh, amended item. Ms. Madam Lynch? President, Madam President, yes, I'm sorry. This is staff again, and I didn't want to. Um, Ms. Hampton, our director, is on the line, and I don't know if Ms. Hampton wanted to um, speak to the issue. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to make you aware that she was on the line and may want to add additional information. Okay. Um, yes. Thank you, Madam. Is our Chair. new director on? Okay. Yes. Yes, I was muted and couldn't get anyone's attention there. These numbers that you have before you are not the correct number. We sent the correct numbers to Mr. Brown and his office. We are only adding $144,131 to CDBG, and we are adding $104,115 to uh, HOPWA. There are no other increases but that. The $5.9 million, we, that will come in FY22. Uh, we have to wait because we just received the formal letter from HUD today, and they will give instructions for that funds. They have not given instructions. So we want to make sure that we bring a um, completed package with that at the July meeting. 
um, or when we receive it. So we are trying to increase this. We had two categories, as Ms. Peters said, CDBG and HOPWA. HOPWA needs to be increased because we received additional funds from HUD that that notification came after came after the package went to council for budget and we received as Ms. Peters said more funding in CDBG from program income HUD requires that the council approve these we have published and that public hearing will come again before you on June 14th and we're also having one this week put on by the department May 6th. So the two numbers, the 144-131 for CDBG and the 104,115 that we're requesting for HOPWA uh, is in the uh, federal entitlement funds for 21-22 budget. So that's what we're asking for this evening. We sent the correct numbers to uh, Mr. Brown and his team, and I believe Mr. Brown forwarded those to Mr. Eichelberger, and I just think it may have inadvertently not shown up on the screen as what we sent. Um, Madam President, okay. uh, yes. the numbers before you are the numbers that the most recent numbers I received. I apologize to the council for bringing this before you before um, all the numbers had been reconciled. I have to rely on the budget office for these. Um, so I would suggest that you defer this until I can straighten it out. Okay, thank you. Um, let me go and I'll go to Councilwoman Lynch and then I'll come back for closure in this matter. Thank you, Madam President. I um, am having a difficult time. Was this amendment sent to us? I apologize. Yes, yes, ma'am. I've sent several emails over the last couple weeks that referenced this need for a special fund amendment. Um, and, you know, the numbers, I'm a little, again, I have to apologize. Okay. The numbers should so, have been settled before tonight. Okay, so the number, I'm sorry. Ma Madam President, the ordinance, yes. I believe, was sent um to to make the revision okay so i'm so, not sure if you have that before you but it was sent okay we've just had lots of emails back and forth as you can imagine in the midst of this budget period and so what i'll do is ask mr eckelberger to work with you so we get whatever is the most recent document we get that to members and we will look at that tomorrow miss hampton thank um, you so much and i apologize no worry thank you uh, with that, Councilwoman Trammell, did you have a question? Madam President, so I'm going to close out. Yes, yeah. I just have one question. Are we trying to amend this right here with the increases? Um, Madam, Madam President, Which, that, that had been the intent, but I need to work with Jay Brown more to make sure we've got the right numbers. Okay, because... Uh, so not till tomorrow. All right, Bill, I'm, I'm glad we're going to put this off because I know that a few weeks ago I had spoken to Junior Burr um, and he had asked for some money for town and homes with Liberty Place. He asked for some CDBG money and he was told that he couldn't get it. And he, I don't understand that. I wish I had known about this further. 
somebody, um, Ms. Hampton, did you, do you know what I'm talking about? I can't You're muted, Ms. Hampton. Ms. Hampton, you're muted. She's still- I apologize, okay. Madam yes. President. Yes. Um, Councilwoman, I do okay. not, but I will check with staff about that program um, that has come to us. It may have come outside of the regular grant cycle. And so we will check if that is the case when they have a cycle or we get make a determination and do a subsequent grant cycle. If their project is eligible under the federal guidelines, then they will be eligible to submit an application for funding. Okay, but I will Ms. check Hampton. with staff. Sure, Ms. Hampton, can someone follow up with Councilwoman Trammell regarding this specific, because it sounds, Councilwoman Trammell, you have a very specific entity that's uh, made application, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. And also, okay. um, Madam President, this um, this this development would have been is in is going to be in my eighth district, and that's why the person brought it to me. And I think I thought that he was okay. And I, I just found out last week, really about two weeks ago, that he was not included in the CDBG money. And I would like you know to have a follow up. And Ms. Hampton, you can call me on my cell at eight zero four. Yeah, honey, I'll give you my number. 804 mm -hmm. 240 Yes, ma'am. Uh, Madam Councilwoman, we will and we'll we'll get in touch with you tomorrow. Okay, Thank I have you. all his information too. Thank you, Madam President. Thank, Thank you. you, Councilwoman Trammell. And uh, Mr. Eckelberger, uh, thank you uh, for um, your leadership on this this evening. We have uh, at least uh, a couple of documents, the text document that needs to go out, this document, the revised version, and we'll be looking for um, not uh, oh, with your responsibility, but with Ms. Davis relative to um, the gun violence and working with the administration to have something before us. Uh, for tomorrow. So with that, members, um, at this point, I believe we have gone as far as we can relative to these items. We do need to get closure tomorrow uh, relative to text amendments and the surplus and move forward to our CIP um, um, component of the budget. So if there are no other questions or comments, I'd like to adjourn this meeting and reconvene uh, tomorrow. Uh, for our designated budget session. Seeing no hands or comments, thank you everyone for your time this evening. Um, we've uh, accomplished uh, a good amount of work, but you know we have a lot more to go. So uh, we're almost there. And uh, have a great evening. Travel safely for those who are out. Take great care. Good night.